Hey everyone, what's going on? Welcome to a brand new edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast on the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. And right now I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. Hope everyone's having a wonderful Wednesday halfway through the week. We're almost to the premiere of WandaVision, which I'm going to be getting into some things that went on about that today. And specifically, I'm also going to be talking about the massive Netflix slate that is coming out in 2021 this year. There's over 70 films that are coming out. I'm going to break it all down, what it means, and what kind of year Netflix can have. I'm also going to be getting into this weekend's preview, talking about some of the big films that are coming out and which films to be on the lookout for and the ones to check out this weekend. But the first thing that I want to talk about is something that I alluded to yesterday, and that is talking about Judas and the Black Messiah, which yesterday was kind of the first inkling of the the ramifications this film could have on award season and everyone has been wondering about Judas and the Black Messiah what impact it can have on the Oscar race for best picture for acting directing this seemed to be kind of the big supernova film that could really kind of put in a dent and change certain things up and and I heard some things about this movie a lot of people were putting it on its list but there was no really official word out yet about this movie and then when Netflix announced or excuse me not when Netflix but when Warner Media, Warner Brothers announced that they would be putting their 2021 slate on HBO Max in theaters. People were wondering when Judas would be actually coming out, and they put it for a February 12th release date, so we knew it was going to be coming in for this award season. And after the first teaser trailer came out at the tail end of August, it was an incredible trailer. People put it on their top 10 list of trailers for 2020, and it was an incredible first impact on what this film could be. And we got a new trailer, and we got finally the first reactions to this film. And it seems like overwhelmingly that this film could potentially be one of the best films, not of 2020 because it didn't come out at that time, but of 2021. And this is what people had to say about Judas and the Black Messiah. And our first review comes over from Eric Davis over at Fandango, and this is what he had to say. First reaction, Judas and the Black Messiah is a riveting drama that gets dark and even more more engrossing as it goes, but I found myself most invested in its love story. Both Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield are terrific and awards-worthy, both, and Dominique Flashback steals every frame that she's in. I got chills watching scenes between Daniel and Lakeith, the kind you get when great performances are operating at the top of their game. Awful things ultimately occur in the story, but there's also so much love in this film. Love for community, love for family, love for the future. The next one comes over from Nat Nagili, who is from Ness Best Picture, and this is what he had to say about the film. Judas and the Black Messiah is a strong and simmering story of revolution and betrayal. Daniel Kaluuya's magnetic performance ignites the screen and commends our attention with with Keith Stanfield skillfully finds the humanity in a traitor. Sean Bobbitt's vivid camera work is a highlight. Dominique Fishback is the emotional center of the film. Was really impressed with her affectionate work. The entire cast is tremendous. And the final one comes over from Clayton Davis over at Variety. Judas and the Black Messiah is a vivacious and stirring cinema, a trio of extraordinary performances, all worthy of Oscar's glory. Sean Bobbitt's 
camera work is the chef's kiss of it all. Shaka King, who's the director, welcome to the Big Leagues. Phenomenal. And I highly recommend there was an article on Variety yesterday in which Clayton, over the last few months, because he's kind of the awards writer, the awards reporter for the Oscars over at Variety, he's been kind of writing down with his reviews the impact that each film can have on the Oscar race. And I think the one that he did in Judas and the Black Messiah, it's when you read it, it sounds like it's a criticism of the film but he actually makes it more of a criticism about the process of award season and for the studio and how they market films like Judas and the Black Messiah. And I highly recommend checking it out and reading it. It's a really interesting insight into how a studio can market a film for the award season for Oscar consideration. So I definitely recommend giving it a look when you can. But again, when you read these reviews and when you see the trailer that also came out with the first initial reaction of this film, film you could definitely it just kind of reaffirms that again this could be a major major impact on the academy awards race when it comes to the above the line categories like best picture best actor best supporting actor which i always had daniel kaluuya in as best supporting actor and for people that don't know judas and the black messiah is the story about how the fbi was looking to track down fred hampton and bring him to justice how they looked at the black party and it's basically chronologically the events leading up to the assassination of Fred Hampton, who was one of the leaders of the Black Panther Party. So kind of seeing the trailers and seeing how everything is playing out right now, I think when you look at the potential awards looks into this, the not really frontrunner status, but where this could really kind of stick into, I definitely think it has a chance at Best Picture. It, it's in my top 10. I've always had it in my top 10 because just off of that first trailer alone, and that's that's the impact the trailer can have. Not to that extent, but sometimes when you do watch trailers, you just get invested into something that you knew nothing about, really, and you want to see how the rest of it plays out. And that was only off of a minute 30 teaser. And the second trailer that we got that was about 2.30 just delivers more of the, of the heart, the love of this story. Story, and that it's not just going to be this intense, thrilling drama. There's, there's going to be some character to it as well. And I think we're going to see some contention for best actor. I think Lakeith Stanfield could be in the running. But again, I don't know if he's going to be locked in for a nomination. That category for best actor this season is stacked. It's loaded. There's about at least six or seven people, or maybe even eight people as of right now, that could be in contention for one of those five spots. You also have Best Actress, or it could be Supporting Actress, given the reviews that Dominique Fitchback is getting and how it seems like she's the heart, she's the soul of this film and steals all the scenes that she's in. And another one was Best Supporting Actor, who I always thought, again, Kaluuya, just from that first trailer, definitely seemed like he was on the track to at least getting a nomination for Judas and the Black Messiah playing Fred Hampton. So I think for Kaluuya, I think this just solidifies that he will be getting one of those five slots. And I think Shaka King could potentially get in for Best Director from these reviews. But again, there's just there's not a whole lot to go around right now. And Best Act Director is stacked right now. So we'll see if he's able to get in for that. So I think for above the line, Judas and the Black Messiah could be the, the, the film from this second batch of Oscar contenders 
that really makes the statement of what we were expecting this award season to be because it's drawn out a lot more now. It's not that we're in the Golden Globes, we're in the SAGs, we have nominations out. We're still waiting. People, the, the Golden Globes, Hollywood Foreign Press just started their nominating process today. SAG started yesterday. So everyone's starting to see these films now. And it's about which films can catch fire. And because Judas and the Black Messiah is catching fire or is releasing on February 12th, that could be a film that if it is, is as great as being recommended on right now from critics and people that have seen it in firsthand, this could be a film that kind of catches fire real quick. And if it's in the midst of the voting process, once nominations are filled out, then I think Judas can make some noise on the Oscar level. And this kind of brings me back to Clayton Davis's article from Variety in which he talks about Warner Brothers and putting this film out too little, too late when people are already in the midst of voting. And again, like I just said, SAG and the Golden Globes are voting right now. And this, the reviews are just coming out at this particular moment in time. So you wonder, once Oscar voting does get underway, when this film does come out, come out have people in the Academy, have, have they already seen this movie before it's released out to the wider audience? Or is it only going to be seen by them in in another amount of time period because when you look at the schedule for the Oscar season it looks like right now that the voting process the voting opening for the Academy Awards is going to begin on March 5th so that's about more than a month away from when Judas and the Black Messiah is going to be released on HBO Max and in theaters so if it does catch fire in that process then I think it could definitely lead to some very big nominations for this film. And it seemed like for a long time, even without a lot of the details coming about about when this film was going to hit, when it was, where the where were the reviews, it seemed like this was going to be Warner Brothers' big opening and their big awards contender for the year. So I think moving forward, Judas and the Black Messiah has to be taken seriously, given this praise. And I think for a lot of other films that have come out that people were suspecting to be some awards contenders like Cherry from Tom Holland or Malcolm and Marie. I think especially with Malcolm and Marie, it's been getting mixed to more positive reviews, but it doesn't seem like that huge awards contender that can really change the tilt of power, which right now films like Nomadland, Trial of the Chicago 7, Mank are currently the front runners that we're talking about a lot right now. But with Malcolm and Marie, Cherry, the, 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 the Maturation, we haven't been talking about those films as much but with Judas and the Black Messiah those conversations that we wondered what happened with those movies it seems like Judas is taking on that mantle right now of really being that that hurricane that shakes everything up and changes things in the landscape moving forward so we'll see what happens with it and also a big caveat to talk about as well Judas and the Black Messiah will be premiering at the Sundance Film Festival so it will be putting itself in for people to see which will get more eyeballs on it whether it's virtually or or in person as well so that just adds more that i think warner brothers wants to put this film out there hopefully they put the right marketing campaign the the best awards campaign forward that they can do with this movie and it's able to kind of see the light of day because i've been really looking forward to this film and i'm really happy to see the reviews that are coming out for this one and seeing the second trailer again only reaffirms my anticipation for this movie and i still prefer this the first trailer over the second because i just love the intensity of that first trailer and i think it kind of took everybody 
off their feet and, and it took the world by storm and it really kind of focused an attention on this movie that wasn't on it beforehand. So I prefer that first trailer over the second, but the, the, what a second trailer needs to do is improve upon that teaser if it can hook you and showcase more of the characters, the story. And, and this trailer does that. So it does do its job. I just prefer the first trailer over the second one. But overall, I'm still looking forward to this movie. I cannot wait to see it. And I don't know if it's going to be a part of my 2020 best of just because it's coming out this year and it's not officially part of the 2020 film slate. So I'm still judging on that and I probably won't make a a judgment on until after I see the film. But uh, again, I'm really looking forward to it and I'll have a review out for it when it does come out on the weekend of February 12th. What do you guys think about these first reviews for Judas and the Black Messiah? Let me know what you think and leave your thoughts. And then moving on now down to a studio and a company that is looking to be a major contender at this year's Academy Awards. And that is the studio and company, the hit streaming service, Netflix. And I'm not talking about their 2020 film slate. I'm not talking about their Oscar chances. I want to talk about their potential for 2021, specifically in the slate, the film slate that they have coming up this year. And over the last few months, really, when you look at the the film festival circuit in August and September, and even throughout the back half of 2020, with everything going on with COVID, a lot of studios have been working on acquiring new products, acquiring new films, acquiring films from studios that want to kind of get out of that film's obligation because of COVID right now, and theaters aren't really open around the world and, and around this country right now. So a lot of streaming services have been taking over a lot of properties and Netflix has been doing that over the last few months of 2020 and a lot of people are kind of looking at Netflix at this point and saying well it seems like they definitely have a pulse on on what they want to do moving forward and it seems like they're really kind of acquiring all this different content to really push forward in the next few years and it seems like that's going to really start out in 2021 as yesterday it was announced in a video that Netflix put together that They will have about 70 films overall coming out in 2021. And that is so many new films that are coming out by one studio streaming service that we're going to see at least one of these films every week. So starting really this week with with a new Anthony Mackie film that's coming out in in Outside the Wire, we're going to be getting brand new films every single week. And there was a trailer that just came out for the third film in the To All the Boys I've Ever Loved or To All the Boys franchise. That's coming out on February 12th. So every single week, we're going to be getting some kind of anticipated film that people are looking forward to. And just to kind of go over the broad scheme of some of the big films that are coming out for Netflix in the next year. You have the brand new Zack Snyder zombie film, Army of the Dead. You have another highly popular YA romantic comedy drama film that a lot of youngsters are looking for in The Kissing Booth 3. You have The Woman in the Window, which was supposed to come out from 20th Century Studios, but Netflix acquired that film from the pandemic. You have Halle Berry's directorial debut in Bruised. You have a Chris Hemsworth, Miles Teller, Journey Smollett film, An Escape from Spiderhead. 
You also have the highly anticipated Adam McKay film that boasts on paper one of the greatest cast of all time with Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, Timothy Chalamet, Jonah Hill, and Don't Look Up. So there are a bunch of films that they have on their list that boast A-list talent. And I forgot to mention that probably their most highly anticipated film that people are looking forward to is a big three-headed monster with Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Red Notice, which people have been looking forward to and is kind of Netflix's venture into making big budgeted blockbusters that you would normally see on the big screen, but some studios would consider making a film, an original film like that, a risk. But with Netflix, they take on that budget. They just want the, the recognition. They want the names that are associated with it. So for Netflix, this year is a big boost for them because they, again, get into the game plan of we're not just a, a streaming service that has IP from other corporations or studios like The Office or Friends at one point in time. This is a studio that has great television shows of their own that they've made, but they want to also showcase that we don't just make prestigious films, which they want to make and they want to be recognized by the Academy Award, but they want to make sure that they are in contention with a lot of these A-list stars that they're working with, these prestigious directors like a Scorsese or an Adam McKay or a David Fincher. They want to be known as a company that can work with all these different facets of the the movie industry and the entertainment industry that everyone can go looking at their films and and their television shows and wanting more of that and and, uh, to accompany it. The one thing that can attract people to a film or television show is when you have big A-list stars. And I think for Netflix, they want to get into the game of that. And this year, is going to be kind of the first year to see what that test run is because again with their movies they haven't really been that good you have the exception like a mank or a prom or a irishman marriage story you have the prestigious films that again would get into awards contention but again you don't have those films like uh, a jumanji or not in like an avengers but something along the lines of, of like a free guy they don't have those kinds of films but this year they're starting to get in contention of that and the big one obviously is red notice and if red notice does well then i think this gives netflix confidence that they can work with these characters again and they also if the rock or gal or ryan say i love working with netflix it'll get other a-listers to come work for the company and that is really ultimately what they want to happen and they're going to be getting that as well when they kind of one-up themselves with red notice and put on the gray man with ryan gosling chris evans on it's at armis you have the Russo brothers working on it it's going to be a 200 million dollar plus budgeted film which will be the biggest budget that Netflix has put to date on one of their own projects. So for Netflix, again, this is this is a big step for them. And I think there is actually some anticipation for their film slate for people that are kind of outside the film pundit circle, where you're not just looking at an Irishman and a man. You're looking at, oh, I'm looking forward to Red Notice, or I'm looking forward to Army of the Dead with Dave Bautista, or I'm looking forward to, to Bruised or Escape from Spiderhead with, with Hemsworth. So there are films that I think people would actually be looking forward to, and they're marketing that in a way that will appeal to people and get more eyes 
on them. So th- this is an audacious task that they're taking on. And not even Disney. Disney has the property, obviously, but they're not going to be putting out this kind of stuff week after week after week. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what Netflix can do with all these originals with these big A-list stars in contention. So what do you guys think about Netflix's 2021 slate? Let me know what you think and leave your thoughts. And the last thing that I want to talk about today is going into my annual weekend preview. And again, over the last few months, I haven't really done a whole lot of these because the the film slate, the, the release calendar has always been in flux. There hasn't been a whole lot of stuff out. Minus we get a few weeks here and there where there's a lot of anticipated films to talk about but over again there hasn't been a whole lot to do it consistently it seems like maybe starting in 2021 that might change a little bit with some films coming out and it all is starting with this weekend right off the bat in the second weekend or technically the third weekend in 2021 right now where we have some films that premiered in theaters in towards the end of last year but are going to be widely more available for people to check out starting this weekend when they hit VOD and streaming services and the first one that I want to talk about and mind you all three that I'm going to be recommending and talking about are in contention for the Academy Awards this year for Oscar season. So if you're looking to kind of keep up to date on the films that will be making an impact on this award season, this is definitely the weekend to catch up on some of these films. And the first one I want to talk about is the Regina King-led directed film One Night in Miami, which is directed by her, and it stars Kingsley Benadir, Eli Gorey, Aldous Hodges, and Leslie Odom Jr., and it's about a night in Miami, Florida in 1964 after Cassius Clay has won the welterweight championship in boxing. It depicts the, the this fictitious night of Malcolm X. You have Cassius Clay before he was Muhammad Ali, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown meeting up and, and kind of reminiscing and talking about a lot of the, the race issues and their beliefs on it, their perspective on it, and things that were they were dealing with back then were still dealing with in today's day and age. And this film has just been getting praise after praise after praise in every way that I turn from Regina King's direction, from the cast to the cinematography, the screenplay, which was based off of a play that was written by sole co-director and co-writer Ken Powers. So this is a movie that I think uh, is interesting. I think if you're looking for something that is just kind of dialogue-based, if you're looking for something that's just interesting, I think One Night Miami can be that kind of film. If you've checked out Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, if you enjoyed that movie, I think this is going to be right up your alley where it's going to be, again, set in just a few locations. and It's going to be more interpreted on the dialogue and the action is going to be in the words and so if you're looking for something like that i think you'll be interested in one night in miami and again this is going to be one that'll be around for the long haul with the academy awards specifically i think one my one night in miami is going to be in the best picture director acting races and screenplay races as well so this is definitely one to keep your eye out for the other one that i want to talk about is the latest from paul greengrass and tom hanks and news of the world it takes place a few years after the civil war where tom hanks's character captain kidd is going around the west and basically 
delivering news of the country and around the world so people can keep up to date on it. And while he is doing that, the film kind of takes the premise of the searchers and Captain Kidd finds this little girl who's played by newcomer Helena Zagel in which she was taken in by these Native Americans, these Indians. And it seems like that herd was ambushed and he decides to take this little girl back to her rifle home. So it takes kind of the the premise of the searchers and and does a little twist on it. And this is a full-blown Western. Paul Greengrass has never done this before. If you know the resume of this director, he's done action thrillers like the the Bourne franchise. He's done Captain Phillips. This is a complete 180 from what he's ever done. And I've never seen Tom Hanks do a Western either. So this is definitely something if you're looking for an, an epic, if you're looking to be with Tom Hanks for a few hours, this is definitely one to check out. And from what I've heard, I've heard good things about it. Not great glowing things, but I've heard some really good things about it. So definitely if you're looking for a Western and and the time with Tom Hanks, if you're a fan of Tom Hanks, it sounds like this is definitely one to check out when you have a chance. And the final one, and the one that I'm personally looking forward to the most, because I've heard a lot of things about this film since it premiered at Sundance this time last year, and that is the film Promising Young Woman. It is written, directed by first-time feature director Emerald Fennell, and it stars Carey Mulligan, Bo Burnham, Alison Brie, and Laverne Cox. And this is a film that kind of takes its cues from everything going on with the Me Too movement, and it stars this once former med student who it seems like she went through a traumatizing period or her friend through went a traumatizing period, and basically she becomes this vigilante of sorts and preys on men who prey on women, and again, it kind of takes that vigilante turn and incorporates it into the Me Too era that we're living in right now, and watching the trailers, it seems like this is a really weird kooky different kind of movie and it looks interesting but when you hear the praise that comes with it and you watch the trailer it it's it just doesn't fit but a lot of people from what i've heard have been praising this film and saying that it should get an academy awards love and it it's the the praise on this film and the accolades that it's been getting early on in the award season has been backing up those critics' foundations and their thoughts but when i watch the trailer it just doesn't seem like that kind of movie to me and once in a while we'll get a film like get out or a black panther that doesn't fit the mold of a traditional Academy Award film, which is what you want to see with new inclusion in the the body of the Oscars going forward. So seeing this movie and seeing the kind of praise that it gets, it doesn't fit with me, but I'm really looking forward to, to for this film to shock me, to entertain me, and just kind of letting it wash over me and seeing what this film is really going to be about in the end. So this is the film personally that I am very much looking forward to. I've heard great things about the screenplay, the direction. I hear Carrie Mulligan, this is her best performance to date. And if you know the resume of Carrie Mulligan, over the years, she has done some really great work throughout her career. So I'm really looking forward to this film. This is the one that I'm personally more anticipating this weekend. Excuse me, when I'm the other films that I'm looking forward to with One Night Miami and News of the World, if I had to rank them, it would be Promising Young Woman, 
it would be One Night in Miami and then News of the World. So that's my ranking for this weekend's films that are coming out. And again, for this weekend, there's nothing big that's coming out in terms of like a blockbuster, like a Wonder Woman or a Hamilton. But again, if you're looking for something different to watch, if you're looking to keep up with this year's award season, these are some of the films that are coming out to definitely keep your eye out for. And for Promising Young Woman and News of the World, they're in theaters right now. But because they are under the Universal branch, they do are a part of the deal where they only go to theaters for 17 days, and then they go to the the video on demand window. So though, so now it's been about a week or two. It's going to be going to that window, and for One Night in Miami, it's going to be on Amazon Prime. So those are the places that you can check out these three films. And, and tomorrow, in anticipation of WandaVision, I'll be doing my overall preview of that Disney Plus show that's coming out. That's really the big thing that people are anticipating this week. So I'll be talking about that, the the impact and, and ramifications that WandaVision can have on the MCU and on Disney Plus moving forward. So that'll be for tomorrow. I'll have some more news for tomorrow. But... Until then, that will do it for this edition of the Sampasel Podcast. Once again, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out my channel for more content. You can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, SoundCloud, and much more. Also, make sure to tune in onto the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. And be sure to check out the other amazing shows that are on there, such as You Mad Bro, the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis. Also, check out goal-driven professionals geared toward improving client relations, return on investment, and customer acquisition costs for independent business and services. Also check out The Daily Grind, a weekly motivational podcast with Kelly Johnson giving you everyday tips and key takeaways on reaching your goals. Also along the way, make sure to check out these other amazing shows on the podcast solutions such as Wrestle Attic Radio, WrestleMania Podcast, and Midnight Showings. You can check these out and so much more on the website ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Also on Facebook and Twitter at Real Ambiguous. And if you want to check out Canopy Treehouse, use the coupon code AMBIGUOUS. Also, when you get a chance, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Bissell Samuel. That's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L. And on Facebook at Sam Bissell. Thank you guys again so much. And until next time, keep on screening.